welcome to the Lane Foundations podcast. This will be a part two of our conversation with Jordan Nicholson of J.E. Dunn. We're going to pick right back up where we left off. But before we do that, I want to mention some resources that we failed to mention over the past few podcasts. Uh, the first resource is we have currently finished two parts out of our four-part series on YouTube and LinkedIn Live series that we've been doing on Saturdays with our friends at Learning and Missteps podcast. And that is Mr. Jesse Hernandez and Renee Duran. Uh, we've gotten to, to walk through what it's like to define relationships in construction. And specifically, the past two have been on the dynamic of relationships between the trade partners and the GC, as well as how do you resist becoming callous? Those two series alone, we, we've gotten great feedback. It's been a lot of fun, but there's just a ton of value jam-packed into that two-part series that we've already uh, established. And now we're going to have this opportunity in the late part of uh, March, I think March 26th, and the late part of April to put out two more. And I just wanted to get that out to you guys to know and make sure you're following along for these next two parts if you got to miss the first two. Our second resource that we've put out is we have 26 Cameo videos divided up into a two into two series. Our first series being the question that we ask at the end of the podcast, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? And our second series is what are the qualities you, sh you should pursue coming into construction? We wanted to get this resource out because Walker and I have both grown personally and professionally in our own lives just by listening to our guests' answers to these two questions. And last but not least, we were guests on the Learning and Missteps podcast back in February. We want to make sure you go check out our conversation and get to peek into what it was like for us to get interviewed for a change. It was something that pushed Walker and I, and it was a lot of fun getting to spend time with our friends. I'll make sure that all this stuff is uh, in our show notes, but that's it, guys. Let's get right into the show. Are you tired of being told to just be yourself in an interview? Do you leave interviews wondering if you nailed it? Well, in 2022, Laying Foundations is here for you. We'll be offering a career prep service to help you land the job. To start out, we'll book a free consultation call to get to know you, your interest, your personality, and what you feel least prepared when heading into an interview. After that, we'll update your resume to industry standards, walk you through your track to growth, hone in your elevator pitch, and show you how to stand out amongst other candidates. To learn more, go to our website and click on career connections at lang-foundations.com. What is it like? Are you on site at that job? Yeah. Is it all 75 people on site for Jay Dunn? Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. What is y'all's uh, setup like? I'm sure it's just like an entourage of people and trailers and... Yeah, man, we're like back to back just about. And I, our trailers, are, gosh, I don't even know how many, but it's like all just all jammed together, like one big open office. And down one side of it, there's our uh, project team with another at the other end. And I mean, we're all just down the aisle, desk pushed up against walls. And uh, and just an aisle corridor down the middle and same on the other side. Hmm, that's so crazy. Yeah. Then ownership is out there. Uh, the design team is out or the architects wow. out there. Wow. The owner's rep has a trailer out there. And then all the trade partners have their office trailers back towards the back of the site and right. lay down areas. And it's, it's massive. How, how is that? Because, I mean, just personally, or just telling our audience, they probably don't know this, but most of the time, the owners and the owner's reps and architects, they're not even on site ever. 
like they'll come out for meetings for owner owner walks and weekly meetings for the architect but like i have never and obviously this is my first job site but from previous experience and internships the mm-hmm. owner went out there so what is it like what is that relationship like with having the owner the architect out there with y'all you know it's been good uh having the architect there where you can just go and grab them like if you write an rfi or even before writing an RFI, you can go and talk to them or take them out and look at it and kind of write the RFI to a, hey, this is what we talked about, just confirm. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, kind of that process. So it's it's been good. I mean, we have, my, my end of it is we have weekly uh, PCI meetings. And so we go and sit down with the owner's rep and just talk through change orders. And hey, this one's in your court. This one's in our court. Hey, why did you, what's this one for? Validate this one. And so it's been, it's been good with being able, being able to just sit down and instead of trying to have a team's call or schedule somebody to come out to the site. And uh, it's, it's really meant to try to push the project forward. Uh, that's awesome. And I think that uh, it's interesting you say that because the company, and I'm kind of spoiled the company I work with, Haskell. We're an EPC company in engineering, procurement, construction, basically a design build, but everything's in-house. So the way that you talk about that, you know, I'm at this point in time, besides internships, I'm not used to having to have a separate architecture or engineer firm somewhere else. They're doing you know, their yeah. own thing because all our engineers and architects are in-house. So I, again, I have meetings with them every day. I can just call them up and say, I need you to do this. You know, we need to get this contract out. I got to get these data sheets or whatever. Uh, we need to get, uh, you know, whatever it is we're sending out. And it's it's easy because you, yeah. you, they're a phone call away. It's very, it, it's it's streamlined. And so yeah. having uh, a company that doesn't have that, to me, is is crazy to think about, you know, kind of some of the, uh, I guess, what what makes it, what make it more difficult, you know, to, to run a project. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But going out to for those teach for those listening, uh, especially students and and people who maybe not been into constru- construction who uh, haven't learned much about the process of it, go into a project team. What makes up a project team? Who's on it? You know, what are the different individuals? What are their roles? Uh, I mean, talk all you want about it because not a lot of people know what that is. They never experienced it, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, each each project you go to is going to be a little different of uh, just the amount of each kind of role you have on the project team. So the project team I'm on right now for our building is we're we're building one on site. And so there's building one and building two and then a site team and a couple other buildings. But for building one, we have a PM and she is. The, she's the lead PM. She's been with the company for 10 years and she building one V1 is her baby. And there's two of us senior project engineers that work under her. She's kind of teaching us the pricing side, the cost uh, forecasting and being able to, for us to take that next step up towards uh, a PM awesome. level. And then we have another, we actually had another senior PE, but she just had a baby. Uh, February 13th. So she's out for a little bit. And uh, and then we have a PE one and he's that he's document control and going to get in the field, learning from superintendents, learning the 
the install side of things and the document side of things to help him grow towards that. Now he's just, uh, God bless man. him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, man, it's a wild project too. I mean, getting everything approved, like all the, uh, samples and so, but it's, it's good. Uh, if you're coming out of college, I mean, as an intern or as an intern through your internship, you kind of have this experience too. Of you're talking with, trade partners, you're working with their PMs to get their submittals in, uh, get uh, samples approved. You're talking with, walking and talking with their field guys and just kind of being eyes and ears and seeing what's going on and learning. And then you move into that uh, project engineer role, which is kind of what you did in your internship. If you had a really good internship and were able to be involved and you take on a little bit more responsibility and and depending on what project you're on, I mean, my first job out of college, my first project, I was supposed to be there just for a couple of months to help out with document control. because They were just getting so many design changes and ended up I was there for three years and some change. And so I grew a lot on that project, learned a lot. And I went from just a document control of learning how to write RFIs and send submittals in to uh, helping bring trades on and writing contracts and working through change orders and updating a change order log and having those conversations with ownership and an owner's rep uh, to do that. And that's kind of what your project team looks like. I mean, you've got to hopefully you have an entry level person or an intern that can help that's there to learn and they're eager to learn and Mm. you can teach them a lot and they can help you with the stuff that you're going I've got all this over here to do. I need somebody doing uh, downloading drawings that have just been sent in and doing overlays and reaching out to subs for their submittals and trying to get people on board and stuff like that. And then as you move up that chain, you've got a, your PE who does that, but maybe a little bit more. And then a PM who is kind of overseeing that or managing cost and that more direct line to ownership between ownership and the rest of the project team. Right. That's, that's the office side. Then you've got your superintendents that they have kind of the same track of uh, managing stuff in the field and uh, then up to a head super that's over the project. Hmm. That would be a lot to be a head super on that job. But Jordan, I, yeah. I, I think about what you said and you worked your way to it. I'm glad you mentioned it because you know, for so many people, I mean, I, I think you and Walker are rare in the sense that y'all are eager to learn and wanting to learn. You're willing to take that step and go grow. For so many people, they probably have a closed-minded uh, mindset where, you know, man, this is something that sucks. I don't really want to be here. Like, I'm doing the, the grunt work. But you just got to realize, like, guys, when you start out, it's probably going to be the, the lowest uh, of just document yeah. control, like you mentioned. And you're just going to have to grow from there. Like, what I've learned from uh, my superintendent is that they have to know they can trust on you. So they're going to give you some mundane, ta- mundane tasks that you really don't want to do that you probably think you're better than. And you're just going to have to do it with excellence, have a good attitude, show up, like Walker said, and continue to grow off of that. And then off of that, that's when you start to learn. You start to, to learn and grow because, okay, I know this is an easy task. I don't really want to do it. It's going to be boring. But if I can prove to this superintendent or my project manager or 
the rest of the team, I can do this. Then the next task to give you, they're going to give it to you and, and let off some of the rain. Then they're going to give you the next one. And you just continue to grow after that. Yeah, definitely. That's they're coming out. I mean, in your first five years, you're going to learn and grow a lot. And it's, it's wild. Just even looking back, I've been at this five years and some change now. And I feel like I'm still new to it. And because you're just, through construction, I mean, you're going to learn something every day until you retire. You're going to learn something on every project. You're going to do something on this project, and you're going to say, all right, we're not going to do it the same way on the next project. And you make that change on the next project, but then on the next one, you learn something else. So, man, we should have done this different. And so that's what, else, what makes this industry great is, I mean, we're not just doing the same mundane thing over and over and over again. We're constantly learning. We're constantly evolving. and constantly just taking the skill, honing our skills in and sharpening our skills to make the next job better and those around us better too. Right. Well, Jordan, what has it been like? Sorry, Walker, I know you're about to say something. Hey, Jordan, what has it been like, uh, you know, as a team? Like, I just think about that. You just have, ha- you have to have such a leader in a team effort for 75 people to be all on the same page for a general contractor that is in the same direction. I'm sure there's times where it's not all going to work out and they're going to have to fix it and all that stuff. But to think about it, you have, it's hard to have, you know, 15 guys from the same company all be on one page. Think about 75 with seven different buildings. This is phased. You got to have this guy over here. Like, what is it like? Or is there a leader for y'all that's just kind of over it all watching it? And what, have you learned anything from that person? Yeah. So uh, the way I described our project team, each of the, the seven project teams has that same kind of build. You've got a PM with a one or two senior PEs and one or two PEs and your superintendents. And then over all of us, all seven projects, we have two basically top-notch, top-level top uh, senior project managers and then a, as well a superintendent over everybody, over all projects. and. They're the ones that uh, one one of them. Her name's Lynn. She's she's hardcore and doesn't take crap, and uh, she's smart, very smart, very experienced. And our PM on our project uh, for our building was we were talking about something one day, and she was upset just about how something had gone, and she was like, "That one's on me." And Lynn, who's our senior, she said, "No, this this is my project. You're you're my PM." She said, "I cover you. I protect you." And she's like. This if something's wrong, it's my fault. I'll I'll take it, and that's that's good. Just having that kind of I leadership, that. yeah. That's right. That's right. Man, she's sharp. Every all seven project teams, she could walk to and know a, a good bit of the details of what's going on. She's very high level, mm-hmm. but she's she's that direct line with ownership. Even even though we are involved just a little bit, but she is the I get the final word and. Right. which is great for us. We have somebody going to fight for us. And so we have those two senior uh, PMs, and then we have a project executive who is in just right above them uh, that is also kind of that number one line back to ownership and who reports to our headquarters and gives our project update. And he's the one that would take uh, that takes on the main I guess, responsibility for the project. Yeah. I love that. I loved how you said that 
uh, that person, the senior PM, kind of took the responsibility. They took the extreme ownership. We talked about it before. Walker and I talk about it all the time. But to be that person, I, I said for myself, be a young guy and to have a leader to say, you know what? It's probably my fault. Maybe I didn't communicate that well. Maybe I didn't teach you that the right way. I take you. I take that, and, and it's my fault. That shows an amazing leader, and that shows that, um, at least for in my eyes, I'm gonna go fight for you now. The fact that you yeah. said that and you covered me, it might have been a big or small mistake, but because you said that and you're taking care of me, man, I'm gonna do whatever I can to bust my butt for you. And that just shows the type of leader that person was. Yeah. Is. Yeah. She she's awesome. I'm. She was in my interview and. When I interviewed with Jada, I was like, man, I want, I want to come and work for y'all, but I want to come and work out here. I want to work with her and be a part of one of these project teams and just get that experience of learning from her and see how she handles things. And uh, she's funny. She'll, she'll get tough with the main owners, uh, the main guy with ownership, and then she'll just laugh about it and joke with him. And he'll joke back at her. And it's, it's just fun. It's, it's a good environment. and but at when they need when it needs to be very professional it's professional hey uh right. we don't agree with this and i have the final say for uh basically how we feel or what we think about something and this is how it is and she's tough she she's very good <laughs> it's fun to see how the experience and their senior level people if you want to call them handle things because you know we had a uh i wrote a contract for one thing and and we're trying to get it negotiated it's not a very large scope but we're trying to get it negotiated and um the scope in terms of the project but we're on this the meeting and you know we're sitting there and at one point i mean we're sitting in silence for three or four minutes and it's like dead silent no one's talking and uh it, it was it was fun like i really enjoyed doing that i really enjoyed the, the negotiation the strategic you know strategy type stuff with contracts it's pretty fun but after yeah. it, yeah, it lasted an hour and a half and and didn't really get anything done except for just talking through things. And after I went to this, my senior PM and he's like, oh, did you hear me typing on my computer during that? I was like, no, it was dead silent on my end. <laughs> I didn't hear a thing. He goes, yeah, he goes, I love, like, I love that stuff. You know, I think awkward silence is fantastic for negotiating for whatever. He goes, I was just doing some work I needed to catch up on while I was waiting. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just made me laugh. It, it, just those kind of things, the nuances that you learn just by doing the job over and over again and just different tactics, strategies, and things that you can't know coming out. Like it, it takes time. It takes being taught. It takes a mentorship sort of thing, which what we talked about today, what you kind of talked about. So going into that a little bit more in depth, you know, what is how important, what is the role that of mentor plays on a job site. How important is it to have one? You know, because I'm sure there are some people who are in construction who are kind of on their own. They get thrown out there and, and they don't really have anyone helping them or teaching them or someone to bounce questions off. Maybe some smaller construction companies or even bigger ones. You know, my my senior PM does a great job of trying to throw things my way and I want it. Like bring it to me. I want to learn. You know, but even ordering a job site trailer, it's easy thing that a, that a PM could have done. He's already done it many times. So he's like, no, Walker, I want I want you to do this. You know, I told them to let Walker do it. I want him to learn it. He hasn't got to do it yet. And so it's just having someone in your court to bounce, to throw things at you, to challenge you, a mundane task, but you haven't done it yet. You haven't learned it yet. So recognizing that, you know, in your experience, how important is that to have someone in your court to back it and to be that person? 
Yeah, man, it's definitely as an individual, you want to have both. You want to have a mentor and a mentee. And right. you want because you want to be that mentor for somebody. And having a mentor, I mean, you come into a project. I remember when I first started, I was two weeks into my job right out of college. And PM comes in and he looks at me and he goes, if you uh, applied for the tower crane permit, I was like, uh, Oh, no. <laughs> when, when was that do I, you want me to go ahead and do that I don't know what to do and he was just joking with me, but he had a very dry sense of humor yeah. and I was like well uh, when did that need to happen two months ago I was like well I was still in college then so uh, that's not on me bud <laughs> uh, but then you, you learn and yeah, uh, you, get, you learn those processes and in every city it's going to be different uh, dealing with the city but you want to have that mentor of you know that in the back of your mind, you're like, hey, I haven't done X, Y, Z yet. I haven't done this. I want to learn this. Who's done it? And you find the PM that's the best at that or the yep. PM that's had several jobs where they've had to do this. And you just learn from them and say, hey, even if they're doing it, you just say, let me learn from you. Let me follow these processes and be in on the conversations, uh, go into the city. Uh, sitting in on conversations with ownership forecasting. Like I just learned forecasting last Saturday. And oh, awesome. Yeah. It was one, one of those, I guess it was two weeks ago, uh, Friday, my PM, she came in and she was, she knew I wanted to learn forecasting. And she said, Jordan, today we're doing forecasting. And that was Friday Heck at yeah. seven 30 awesome. well, Friday at five 30. We were both like, Holy cow, it's Friday at 5.30. What a day. It's like tomorrow forecasting. <laughs> and that was my Saturday to work. And she was coming in and we learned forecasting. And she walked me through it. And uh, it's one of those. It's nothing too crazy, but it's something you have to learn. You need to learn the process and what you want, how you want to do it as a PM. And, and so that's good. And then being a mentor is you get a PE under you. and Somebody that is fresh out of college or a, even an intern, Walker, like you get a intern this summer. And it, I remember the first summer that I was working, I was like, crap, you're giving me an intern. I just started like in January. <laughs> and But it's one of those things that right. you can take on and teach them just the very entry level document management. How do you write an RFI? Yeah. How do you yeah. review shop drawings? How do you send them in? And that's huge. And so that's uh, a two way street. Keep learning and then teach those that are uh, below you, not below you, but have come in after you. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I, I think it's funny you said that. Sorry, Davis, and everybody say, but I just talked to my girlfriend today about it. I was like, I would love to have an intern, you know, that I get to work with, not because I want to throw everything at them because I want to teach them. I want to help them. I want to be you know, the, yeah. the PMs I've had in the past who you came in knowing nothing and you left knowing a ton like that. That yeah. is fun. That is one of my passions. I love it. I love going back to Auburn to teach. It, it's, it's just a special thing. It's an incredible thing to do is to help impart knowledge to the younger generation, even if it's, you know, a year younger, but still, people below you who don't know as much, who haven't had the experience, it, it's, it's a black. You know, it's, yeah. I'm sure you can attest and Davis too. Yeah, I think that uh, it's a great point. You know, I, I started to think about how 
when Jordan was walking through that example for the longest time, you know, on my job site, I, I didn't really have someone. I mean, the people were trying to teach me things, but I'm stuck with a superintendent now and he's literally teaching me everything he knows. And he's 57, been doing it for 30 years. I mean, he's looking at safety. He's looking at something we got to get to in the future. And people don't think about it. People think that um, he's a very reserved guy and that he isn't always thinking. He, when he's not working, like doing something physically with subs on the floor or doing like forming up something, he's thinking on his iPad and he's thinking about the future, what we got to do. And he has it all memorized. I mean, he's done it for 30 years, so he knows how to, uh, the process and how to, okay, this is going to take this many weeks. I mean, I can't even remotely get to that area, but I can't tell you how much just having him and me getting to learn from him and his personality has helped me because before, you know, you kind of just get thrown to the fire and you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. Like, I guess I'll just go over here and do something over here or go over here and do that. And so for the field, I mean, I know for the office as well, but I say it's where we lack a lot of times in construction just overall is who are we teaching, but who is, who are we uh, learning from? Because like Walker and I have always said, Jordan, you can always learn from any, from somebody. It doesn't matter if they're the laborer sweeping up uh, a concrete slab or the guy's the CEO of the company, you can learn from any person. And we try to value all people and to, we want to be able to learn from somebody because you never know what they've gone through. I have no clue what Jordan Nicholson went through this week, just like I don't know what Walker went through this week. And there might be something that you, I can learn from you because of maybe a hardship or a success or whatever it may be. But kind of as we wind down, Jordan, um, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming back on. It's been awesome get to awesome. Uh, get to hear about where you're at. I know we talked a little bit off camera about personally, but uh, congrats on being a new dad. I can't believe uh, just – that in itself just seems exciting and fun. But um, as we wind down, I just wanted to ask you, what are some qualities you think a young person coming into construction should have? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, I'm glad to be back on it. And th- thanks again. Uh, got the cutest little daughter in the whole wide world. And uh, she is definitely growing up fast. She's three months old and almost, I guess, in a week and a half, four months old. And just that whole perspective of once you have a kid and you see them grow and you're like, Holy cow, like you're four right. months old already. Like you, you're alert. Life, life goes fast. Life, life hits you fast. For sure. <laughs> but life changed rapidly. I believe there. It. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a question for somebody coming in to construction. Just man, guy, guys and girls just be ready. I mean, you're, you're going to be drinking from a water hose. We're, the whole construction industry is at a point of we have a lot of people that are getting close to retirement and there's a gap of kind of a middle ground for, and some, and some trades and some companies, uh, some regions that are just right. We need a lot of people and you're going to go in and you're going to have to take on a lot of responsibility, which is great because you're going to learn so much faster. You're going to learn a lot, but you're going to learn quick. And just be eager, be excited to be there, show up, like we said earlier, just show up, be ready to work and take on whatever task. Because even no matter how minuscule or dumb or repetitive you think it might be, it's helping out a project team and it's helping take relief off of your senior PE or take relief off of your PM 
that they're not having to post RFIs as drawings. They're not having to review uh, specialties, product data, and all that. Like, just jump in and be excited to be there and uh, know that it's just a stepping stone of, to where you want to be. So good. And to add to it from your previous, just show up. Like you said, I, yeah. I love it. That's one of my favorites. Man, show up and uh, the at Austin, I know they're, I kind of got it ingrained up into me and one of their sayings is own it and just own your work. Like and it. we kind of hit on it earlier is whatever you're doing, own it. No matter if it's the senior PM project exec- executive that is owning a mistake that you made, uh, but own it on what you're doing and show up to do it. <laughs> Dream ownership. I love it. Jordan, you know, you've like all many of our guests, all of our guests have had incredible experiences. You've, you've gotten out, you got to do things. You've been to two different companies now and and gotten to kind of see the way multiple personalities and teams and everything else work together. You know, what's something that you wish you could go back in time and tell your 20 year old self, if you know what you know now, what's something that you acknowledge you would impart to yourself? Oh man, there's, just so much from the just operations side uh, and then mistakes that uh, we as a project team or me as individ- as a person made, like you're going to make mistakes and that's all right. Learn from them. Don't do it again. And you just kind of learn from project to project. And we, I know from my first project, I learned just there were several things of keeping up with your different trades and uh, there's there's a lot of kind of technical stuff behind of dealing with design changes and architects and ownership groups and the right. way you want to finesse them and uh, which we could talk for hours on that <laughs> but if really the big thing is, is if you've got something in the drawings you can build it you don't need to write an RFI uh, to change design if they want to change design. Let them change Amen. design, make them send you a, uh, whatever they call it, a bulletin, an ASI, a PR. Uh, if they if they want to change it, let them change it. But you, if you can install it, go and install it. <laughs> Amen. I I am not inexperienced anymore on people wanting to change designs. Yeah. <laughs> Owner-driven, engineering-driven, I understand. Yeah. Man, uh, several projects I've been on, like, they're not design-build. And just the way that describing them to people, they go, oh, you're on a design-build project. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a good thing. You know, it's, it's not always bad. It's, it, they, want, they want to change it because they want to make it better. You know, as a PM, though, you have to – sometimes you have to reel it in and say, well, I like it, but is this a change that we'll have to get pricing for? Or is this a change yeah. that's going to affect our schedule? You know, so that's a lot of stuff that goes into being a project manager and even a superintendent too, but it's, it's, it's managing that change, which again, yeah. it's not a bad thing. It's not bad changes. It's, it's, you, they're usually fantastic, but it's, it's having to see the overall project and say, all right, well, let's, we can't really change that, but you know, maybe we can do this sort of thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, kind of hit the nail on the head where the construction is nothing but time and money and yep. you can change it all you want to, as long as we get the time and money to do it. <laughs> exactly. You can do whatever you want. Yep. <laughs> well, Jordan, man, this is great. This is awesome to catch up and to hear uh, and a year down the road, maybe next year we'll get you on again and see what's going yeah, on, man. dude. But 
this has been a blast and we truly appreciate you being willing to spend the time with us. I know you got a, a young family and, and starting all that and want to go spend time with them, but truly appreciate you, dude. And thanks for coming yeah. on. Same. Davis Walker, it was good to see you guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you need, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email, please. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have – uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang Dot Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But guys, we just want to put this out there and however you want to get in contact with us, we're 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 imploring you, please just reach out to us. We'll respond, we'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That that you're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values, and that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. And we want to be be held accountable.